Hey everybody, and well, you know what? I don't think we need to do a uh, an intro. What do you think, Joel? Do we need it? Do we need a scripted intro nine episodes in? No, no. I was thinking more along the lines of us kind of just doing what we were doing right there, which was just kind of shit talking. Yeah, I mean, if I feel like if you don't know what we're doing nine episodes in, then you clearly don't know who the fuck we is. Right, and and also the thing is, is that we can literally cut it down from what you did, which was you know we just have us kind of. Blah, 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 you know, just back and forth and then be like, I'm Joel, I'm Steven, I'm Joel. No, no, this is, this is staying in the show. I thought we were legitimately having a conversation about the fucking show. <laughs> no. No, motherfucker, you had me babbling like a goddamn fucking idiot thinking that this was really gonna go it like this. <laughs> like, we're really discussing the show. Okay, cool, because I wanted to bring some points up. And now I find out that <laughs> we are a minute and a half in the fucking show. God damn it, Steven! It's too late. It's too late. So here's my suggestion. If you're nine episodes in, then more than likely you know what we do, and we know why we do it. And if you're... I've been in the show since it started, and apparently I don't know what we're fucking doing. No, you don't. You don't. And that's fine. You need to do what I suggest our listeners that are just showing up on episode nine for whatever reason need to do, which is go back and listen to episodes 1 through 8.5 because they're really amazing and then you can come back to episode 9 and then tell us how disappointed you were in episodes 1 through 8.5 i think that sounds like a plan i think we need to just redo this whole fucking thing steven um no it's not happening god damn it hi i'm jo- i'm joel wildcard mingle you never know what the fuck's gonna happen when i'm on the show i am the podcast miser and i say what's going to happen so welcome to the Curly Mustache Podcast. Uh, I'm Steven. Oh, is this going in the fucking show? Is this, are we actually recording the show? Because I'm Joel, really fucking confused mingle. And today we are... Uh, really confused? Yes, yes we fucking are, you piece of shit. T- today we're podcasting to powerful, strong, insane women. You know, we don't get to do... Uh, serial killer and like villain women that much but because you know why because typically women just aren't as shitty as men like i'm just gonna say it you're better than us if you're a woman and you're a listener you're you're better than us and if you're a man and you get offended by that then you're a piece of shit so shut up hot take mingle here women are infinitely smarter than men and better yes better at murder they get away with it when men are serial when men are serial killers and spree killers you want to know what causes it you want to know what the underlying theme of it is? It's the dick and coming. That's all we fucking think about. It's all just a metaphor for the dick and the orgasm. Women do it. And there's thought. There's time. There's energy. There's deep, dark conception for every action and possible reaction across the multiverse. Men get caught because we're dumb. Women don't get caught, so I'm willing to put good money that there's about a thousand different serial killer women out there that we have no fucking clue about. I want to talk about the most metal fucking woman on God's green earth. Oh, who would who would you be talking about? Well, I'd be talking about Lady Elizabeth Mathroy. Yeah! That was... So loud. <laughs> or as some call her, the Baroness of Blood. The possible inspiration 
for the vampire mythology in the modern world as we know it. Lady Elizabeth Bathroy, born in 1560. We're going into the Wayback Machine, into the time of metal, high honor, and fucking, I don't even know where this metaphor's going. Steven, steer the fucking ship. <laughs> and where are we going? Only the most metal place on Earth, Hungary. Never has that been said in the history of man. <laughs> I want to go where it's so metal. How about Hungary? Fuck off, Jeff. <laughs> Lady Elizabeth Bathory, like you said, born in 1560, died in 1614, uh, was a Hungarian noblewoman and a serial killer from the family of Bathory, a, like I said, noble family. Uh, she was born in Hungary, and her uncle was the uh, Voivode, I believe that's how that's pronounced. Uh, basically, he's like the highest ranking official, like the man in Transylvania. Which just makes it even better. See, people say Hungary, and it's like, oh, that's nothing. And then you say Transylvania, and that just explains the entire story that you're about to fucking hear. Why would this happen? Transylvania. Oh, well, enough said. Yeah, Transylvania is not in Hungary, though, I believe. It's in Romania, correct? Mm-hmm. Right, right. So we're going to have a contingency of angry Romanis on our ass. Fina, Fina. You're not wrong when you say Transylvania. You know, what's the first per- what's the first thing that pops to mind? Dracula, Dracula's castle. So let's get into Lady Bathory's story. Uh, as a young girl, she suffered multiple seizures called, caused by epilepsy. This is possibly caused by the inbreeding of her parents. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. And by possibly, and given it was nobility in Hungary in the 1500s, uh, that's a definite, that's a fucking definite inbreeding. That was a huge huge issue back then right hemophilia epilepsy and uh what what is that third one called uh back then it was called falling sickness sort of like vertigo which is probably what you meant to say yeah that's it let's talk about the cure of uh epilepsy or falling sickness or vertigo at the time uh and that was to rub blood of a non-epileptic onto your lips or possibly like make a little mixed drink out of them by crushing up some of their skull and uh, putting some blood in it. A nice little chalice, a nice little goblet and uh, having a little a brain margarita. Now, the thing is, is that those these particular uh, remedies, they sound insane, but where they came from was was both it was just really creepy and somewhat fitting because it was the Catholic Church. It was the priests and the so-called air quotes medical professionals in the Catholic Church who came up with these ideas. Right. This idea that that was a fucking cure. And it just seems so strange for that particular part of the world that blood was such a key vital component to not just religion, but medicine, life, death. I know it was for everywhere, but given what has come out of Transylvania historically and literature and pop culture it's just fucking weird well it was basically like the 1500s romanian version of uh like rednecks now that are like you know if you put an onion in your sock while you're sleeping it'll cure the flu you say what it'll do is pull out the bad through the soles of your face (laughs) if you rub ketchup underneath your eyelids right before you go to bed then you won't have herpes anymore you (laughs) what what the fuck (laughs) See, it doesn't matter. I just made that up, but, like... All you have to do is get, like, a 15th century Romani accent. Now all you have to do is put the onion at the bottom of your feet, and it will draw the bad energy out of your feet. 
You know, re- does anyone else realize how fucking stupid that sounds? In any <laughs> accent? Science, motherfuckers. All right, so let's talk about her murders a little bit. And, you know, we'll talk about the numbers later, but just why she uh, committed these murders. She basically thought that this was going to be the cure of her sickness later on in life. Basically, as a child, she was, like, made to witness child brutality from the officers by her parents. Uh, And then, like, later on, she had to take part in, like, Satanism and witchcraft. And that part's not confirmed, but not exactly, like, out of the realm of possibility for 1500s Hungarian and Romanian royalty. And especially in that part of the world, schools of esoteric magic or um, secret societies like that were really popular especially in that time of the especially in that time frame they had just begun so you know i i suppose this would be like the uh, precursor to freemasons the illuminati so on and so forth but yeah witnessing these sort of pagan uh acts of brutality and not to insult or disparage anyone who is uh you know practicing pagan and or wiccan or witch or whatever but back then how do I put this? Uh, witchcraft was fucking hardcore. Yeah, it was. And it was blown a little bit out of proportion by the Catholic Church and just Christianity in general uh, at that point. But still pretty hardcore. Because back then, they didn't have the delicate sensibilities that we, the snowflakes of the 21st century, have. Or broflakes in your... Here we fucking go. This is going to be the whole... <laughs> Welcome to episode nine of Joel fucking defends himself. <laughs> that sounds like a much better podcast, honestly. All right. So, so back to Lady Bathory. When she was a child, and I say child because this is very much true. Uh, she was said to have a child with a peasant boy at age 13. And she gave the child to a local woman. So at that point, she'd already had a, a kid. But three years before that, she was engaged to another uh, boy. You mean, you mean a grown-ass man who is 20 fucking years old. Was he grown? I didn't know if he was grown. Yeah, he was a grown-ass man. She, a 10-year-old child, was engaged to uh, Fenric Nadasti, the son of a local baron, and she's married at 15. And, but, at 15, while her husband was away at war and uh, handling the military side of things she handled all the business and all the rule yeah yeah of, of the and and from what i have read and researched she was fucking brutal like nothing got past this woman she ran her house her lands her business like iron fist of hatred she iron fisted her lands if I may. You know, there's only room for one wildly inappropriate host on this show. <laughs> All right, Mark Tufo is following us right now on Twitter. Don't fuck this up for me. <laughs> Sorry, I'll be good. I'll be good. All right, so as she got a little bit older, uh, when she was 29, well, no, I guess it was like, it was later than that because it was after 29 years of marriage. Her husband died and. Uh, he entrusted all of his heirs and, and his widow. And his heirs, uh, he had, I think, like five children, possibly six. I don't think they knew the exact number because this was back when apparently marking down history wasn't that important. We'll say six children. He left basically his children and his wife to this guy named uh, Georgie Thurzo. And <laughs> Georgie is spelled G-Y-O-R-G-Y, not some guy named Georgie. 
Hey, I'm Georgie. Georgie of the uh, Long Island Romani family. How you doing? All right. Hey, all right. You know, how you doing there, jerky? Schwizzle chest? <laughs> exactly. She became, like, a lot more unhinged. The thing about uh, Georgie is that eventually, at the end of her life, Georgie was the one who led the investigations into her crimes and was basically the lead prosecutor against the woman that he was given (laughs) question mark yeah uh there's some gray area there and we'll get to that because there's actually some more to that story too but um we have to talk about the fact that like when her husband died she became a little more unhinged well i say a little more but what i mean is fucking bananas at this point because apparently he knew about her mental illness and he also knew that she had this kind of like bloodlust and like needed to get better but apparently he didn't really know about her like secret uh murdering and this is where we're going to get to like what actually happened according to one of her servants they don't know the exact number but according to one of her servants who read it in one of uh lady bathory's like private journals she murdered around 650 young girls that's not that's not a mistake I'm saying 650, 650 young girls who were basically all tortured and killed in very brutal, gory ways to try and help her epilepsy. I guess that's part of it. (laughs) It was epilepsy and then, of course, you know, the staying young. Beautiful, young and beautiful. That is where most people know this uh, particular story from is the, the common part of this mythology how she bathed in blood of young virgins between the ages of 10 and 14, if memory serves me correctly. And that mental image alone is disturbing on a very deep and, like, human level. The concept of someone being opened up and drained of blood so this old, creepy Romanian baroness, who probably looked like a pale version of Papa Smurf, could feel beautiful. But what a lot of people don't get is that that is just the tip of the iceberg with what this woman did and was capable of doing with absolutely no guilt whatsoever. And we say, like, possibly 650 because those journals were actually never found, but they did pull about 200 bodies out of the castle And they know that she buried many, many other bodies outside of the castle grounds, like in the cemeteries, uh, in local farms. Like she, she had other people moving bodies for her, but they, the investigators pulled like at least 200 bodies out of the castle. Yeah. 200 bodies. (laughs) Holy shit. So this is pretty much the, I mean, if maybe off just the top of my head, this is the craziest serial killer that we've had thus far uh i don't think any like we talked about genghis khan but he didn't murder 200 people on his own you know Uh, his armies did i don't think he did i mean maybe he did but in the heat of battle considering how many wars he fought and how many battles he fought it would be safe to assume that he personally killed more than 200 like eh, that's possible yeah that that wouldn't be an issue but but as it comes for one-on-one serial killers, as far as it goes, this is this is our heaviest hitter of the all heavy hitters that we've done so far. I think she's the Guinness World Records most prolific. Female serial killer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 
how could it possibly get to up to 650 people? But what a lot of people don't understand is like, and, and I didn't until I got, I started doing the research on the area is that I kind of always assumed when it had like a castle, you know, it's just a couple acres, you know, because <laughs> we live, you know, we're, we're in America where our homes are kind of small, even on farms, you know, but her kingdom, her area that she basically would control of was in consisted of areas in Hungary, uh, Slovakia and and Romania. And given just again, this is 1500. So people are desperate for anything, any way that they can get their kids even a little better than the dirt farmers that they are. And here comes uh Baroness Cuckoo Pants from the land of uh, Romania saying... Hungary. Hungary, who is, you know, who is saying... And and this is how she got uh, the the kids, the families to to agree to let their kids, her to take their children, was uh, promising them... uh, Jobs, really. Job, education, uh, money to be sent home to mom and dad and the rest of the family... And the prospect that their daughter could marry up or marry out of, you know, the shithole that they were currently living in. Uh, And like you said earlier, they they were mostly uh, young girls aged between 10 and 14. But the majority of them were uh, local peasants. But she did eventually move on to, like, noble children. Yeah. And just like in the news today where no one gives a shit if the poor kid is murdered. But the, oh boy... You uh, you go after a rich white child, right? And that will bring it. That will bring everything down. And that is literally, you know, you got into the six hundreds, and then you start going after the rich peoples, and then they started giving a shit. All right, so you ready to talk about the crazy shit that Lady Bathory did to her victims? Ooh, no, but we're gonna do it <laughs> anyway. We're gonna do it anyway. All right. So as we said earlier, you know, she tortured them quite a lot before uh, actually killing them. Uh, she would severely beat them. Um, she'd mutilate their bodies, burn their hands, bite the flesh off their faces, bite the flesh off their arms, other body parts, including genitals. And that, you know, this, the whole like biting and drinking of the blood and stuff, this is where like a lot of like the speculation is that she was one of the inspirations of Dracula um, ra- over Vlad the Imperiler. I think, you know, uh, you know, I can't say one way or the other. It may have even been like a little bit of blend of both. Yeah. Because. We live in this modern society where the concept, and and I know I'm going to go a little blue here, but I was listening to another podcast that was uh, talking about this, and a historian was on there whose name I can't remember, but I'll be sure to find it and put it on the Facebook page. He was talking about that part of the reason that she actually bit the genitals in particular was not because was actually kind of a way to shame the victim more so because sexuality was so uh, just clamped down by the church back then really fucking bad that anything near there caused an immense amount of shame so imagine if there's this crazy woman who's now in your nana zone, and you are just becoming, entering into womanhood, and then you have 
all this pain, torture, and now the socially inflicted shame on top of it, Lady Bathroy would be uh, uh, what, what we would consider a process, a, a mix between the process and the product killer. Because the process of the torture and the choosing and the dominance, dominating and control over the victims to the point that she, because if you think about it, she took their lives to sustain, in her mind, her life. Right, right. But also, you know, with the biting of the genitals and things like that, complete mutilation, you know, and I hate saying this, but back in the 1500s, you know, a woman's job, and even in this case, a younger girl's job was to essentially bear children. And if your if your genitals are completely mutilated, then even if you don't know that you're going to die when you're being tortured, it completely takes away your purpose, essentially, that women had back in the 1500s. Yeah, but yeah, as I was saying, like, you know, it wasn't just a, a, a physical thing. It was a psychological thing at this point, and which made her, you know, so much scarier. But let's talk about some other stuff that she did that goes along with the psychological portion of it. Freezing them to death or starving them to death. Like, both really slow deaths of, like, just waiting. Like, just waiting to die. Which, you know, it's really fucked up. Honestly, I'd rather be... I'd rather have my throat cut by Jack the Ripper than have to fucking freeze to death in a basement of a castle while starving to death and it wasn't in a basement she would have a giant pail dunked dumped onto them and they would be chained to the outside wall of the castle in the middle of fucking hungarian winter i'm from the chicagoland area originally i thought i knew what cold was until someone explained to me what the fuck goes on in hungary in the winter time that was not a good death at all. Oh, fuck me. Oh, and, the, and she also did kind of stereotypical stuff that you see in movies, like jamming actual needles in the fingernails, in the toenails oh! of, the, of people. And then uh, my personal favorite, uh, the, she would smear them with honey and then just allow them to be covered in ants and bees. You know... Up until recently, I always thought that was just a fake thing. Like, and maybe it was I just thought it was fake because I really, really fucking hoped it was fake. Because it's not the, bu the bugs or the bees that kill you. It's exposure to the elements. And then just add that on. Oh. Oh, that fuck that noise. Well, and, and it could be the bugs and bees that kill you. Because, you know, that amount of, of venom from bugs can kill you. Especially if you have allergic reactions. But regardless, like, there's a very fine point here between doing this to stay beautiful or doing this to cure a disease and doing this for fun. And I think that she crosses that line. She crosses that line a lot. Stephen, Stephen, <laughs> no, you don't understand. Hello, it is me, Lady Bathroy. I don't know why I sound like Vera Farmiga. But you don't understand. You say... I am crossing a line. I say, if you enjoy what you do, you never work a day in your life. I have found what I love. It's a niche market. And I don't know why I sound like the guy who, the little Vigo, the, the Carpathians, assisted in... in why, from, the, yeah. from the Upper West Side. Yes, from the Upper West Side. That's what I'm saying. Like, she substantially crosses over that line. And, and going into the, like, the next part, like, 
another fucked up thing that she did was she would keep their throats chained until that they basically turned blue and started spurting blood and then she would loosen the chains she would make them thirsty to the point where they'd have to drink their own urine and make them she'd starve them until uh, they were forced what? to cook and eat their own flesh. Stephen, Stephen, you you keep saying this as if it is a bad thing. I am attempting in my own way to find green <laughs> things to do to help the environment. Less drink, less drinking of the water, really will save the planet. Listen, Joel. Just because one or two people said they liked your accents does not mean anybody liked your accents. The important people said they liked my accents, and that's all that fucking matters. Wow, wow. So you just you just alienated like 98% of our listeners. So And the important people are our listeners, so fuck you. <laughs> okay. I don't like this fucking attitude fucking Steven. Can we go... This with, new Steven? Yeah, I don't like... I'm new Steven. Oh, you want me to go back to being... Backseat Stephen, is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> Daddy don't like sharing a fucking spotlight. That's fine, because I can cut you completely out of this podcast. Fair play. <laughs> I could just talk to myself. <laughs> Hi, I'm Stephen. And I'm Stephen. <laughs> you're so handsome, Stephen. Why, yes, I am. Thank you very much. This is the Stephen and Stephen podcast. Yeah, exactly. Don't fuck with me, Joel. <laughs> we already mentioned that she hid the bodies in uh, nearby graveyards, um... And I kind of got it uh, mixed up. There was no basement. It was more of like a dungeon, and that's where a lot of the bodies were hidden. Like, that's where they pulled around the 200 or so bodies whenever that they were caught. Whenever she was caught, rather. Listen, you say that's not a basement. Yeah, it's a dungeon. If you can fit 200 bodies in a, sp- in a space under your house, <laughs> that's a fucking basement. That's a fucking basement. <laughs> I Listen, I'm not Bob Vila. But I'm going to make this call as if I know what the fuck goes on in carpentry and house building. Okay, so here's the part that like kind of attests more to her just being a nutcase. And that after several of the girls died, she would stuff their bodies under her bed. And then she would like feed them as if they were still alive. Oh, Anna, Anna, would you like a little carrot? Come on, eat a little bit of the carrot, Anna. Come on, come on. Here comes the airplane. Do you think at some point (laughs) she like, uh, like just moved the bottom of their lips? Just the bottom lip and, like, carried on conversations. No, I don't want another carrot, Lady Bathory. Am I the prettiest serial killer? Oh, you're so pretty. <laughs> yes, I think exactly that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. So more than 300 witnesses and survivors basically took part in this trial after she was caught. And we'll get to who actually caught her in a second. And I think we brought it up a little bit earlier. But there was physical evidence. There was presence of like mutilated dead bodies. There were dying girls still. There were imprisoned girls still when she was arrested. There were 200 fucking corpses. (laughs) Right. They shouldn't need witnesses. They had them. They should. Listen, this is the 1500s. If you've got a baker's dozen worth of bodies in the basement, that's fucking normal. It's 1500s in Europe. 200 minimum in your fucking basement. (laughs) Whatever it is, you're guilty. You're fucking guilty. So, yeah, and several of the witnesses said they actually even saw her murdering and torturing uh, young girls. And the witnesses said that she had, like, vampiric tendencies, like bathing in the blood of the young women, which we already knew. But this part of it has never really been 
confirmed. Like, there was never any, like, actual evidence that she was bathing in the blood. There was evidence that she was drinking blood and making little cocktails out of their blood, but there was never any evidence of the story uh, that came out of it and, you know, became in, in, or became huge in pop culture of bathing in blood to keep, keep you young. You know, basically what we said that fucking Max Van Saito... You know, we, we like to joke that he's bathed in blood because he's looked like 48 yeah. for his entire life. But no, uh, what a lot of people don't get, and I think it's just because of the difference in time, in, 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 in eras. Back in the 1500s, a bath primarily consisted of a rag and a, basically a bowl of water. And you just got... The walk of shame bath. You always give yourself real quick before you leave someone's house in the morning, like on a Sunday morning. And that, and if you think about that, that is infinitely creepier of a mental image than a woman just sitting in a bathtub of blood. But if you imagine a woman with just a rag and a giant bowl full of blood and just smearing it all over her face, her neck, behind her ears, and just, like, under her arms, getting the cooch. It's like, you have to think that mental image is infinitely fucking creepier. I am so pretty. Oh, this blood is so fresh. I am so pretty. I have to credit Phil Collins for this, but... Uh, would you say that she went from Lady Bathory to Lady Blood Bathory? Oh, you said Phil Collins, and I thought you meant coming in the air tonight joke. Okay, then I don't get it. <laughs> yes, you do. You do, do get it. That's the dumbest fucking joke I've heard all goddamn day. <laughs> Almost as bad as the joke I heard earlier, which was, I got a haircut today. I go, really? He goes, well, actually, I got them all cut. Okay? That was funnier than your fucking... Phil Collins. I thought I honest to God thought there was a there was a song that you were gonna come in on the song. Motion Picture Meltdown co-host Philip Collins has provided the joke for us today. He provided fucking nothing. <laughs> he provided the the audio equivalent to a bucket of cold water on the fucking flow we had going. <laughs> Alright, let's get back into the flow. Let me steer the ship back. All right, so as we said earlier, she was actually arrested and tried by, I guess, the guy who claimed her after her husband's death, uh, Georgie, Georgie Thurzo. He basically cl- claimed that a trial and execution would hurt the nobility of the family. And although he was, like, urged to execute by, I'm trying to remember who the, like, the the guy higher than him that was in control of the entire area, what his name was. Um, like her father, her father's job, basically. The, the, uh, the Voivide? Voivide, yeah. Voivide. Uh, or, yeah. So he urged Thurzo to execute her, but Thurzo was able to convince the Crown that, like, she could just be placed under house arrest, and that was enough. She got arrested by uh, Georgie because he walked in, basically... And witnessed her murdering someone. Like, that's how this whole thing started was because she had literally run out of peasant girls and began going to the lower nobility, lower noble families in the area to the point that some of them were beginning to complain and you get enough lower nobles to uh, someone like Georgie's, Georgie's position 
and he actually went home unannounced to confront her on it and walked in to see her having tortured this poor girl and in the process of killing her. Yeah, there were three girls, I think, in the room. I think one was imprisoned, one was dead, and one was being tortured to death. Can you just imagine what Georgie had to be thinking? Like, oh, Mama Mama Marone, what is this? Hey, oh, God, what the fuck have I inherited? That son of a bitch, he left me this broad. (laughs) The fuck is this? Yes, that's what Georgie, Georgie. I'm Georgie of the Long Island family. I'm gonna ride this... I'ma ride this fucking joke till it's dead. We're butchering these Romanian and Hungarian names, and I just want to apologize for that because, like, I'm the, literally the last person that should be talking about uh, Romanian culture because I don't know shit about it, except for what we've researched here. But so there's your disclaimer. We're gonna butcher the the names, and Joel will butcher the accents because he always does. Absolutely, it's part of the charm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> Joel's got a really skeptical face right now. I wish you guys could see it, but <laughs> all right. So like back to the house arrest. So, you know, if this wasn't like a, uh, you can't leave your property or we're going to come get you 1500s or well, in this case, 1600s, uh, house arrest was they put you in a tiny little bricked room. There of course was no fire. So you were freezing your ass off and there were no windows. There was a door, but the door was kept sealed and there was a tiny little slat where you could breathe out of and where they would put your food in and your water. And you got a little bitty pan of water and food. Yeah. It, basically everything you see in historical movies or uh, fantasy films, sword and sorcery films about guys in dungeons, that's basically how she spent her remaining years. Yeah, essentially. And four years, by the way. Four fucking years of that for someone who's already cuckoo for fucking Cocoa Puffs. She's probably off in the corner just babbling like an idiot being like, I drank the blood. So after complaining about being uh, cold, uh, the guard was like, I don't give a fuck if you're cold. You drank people's blood out of their heads so uh, you can stay cold. And she died the next morning. Well, she was found dead the next morning, which probably meant she was found dead like six weeks later. Yeah. And it's just not a good enough death for her. She deserved, like, a lot worse. She deserved a lot. Like, rats eating her asshole while she was alive. Well, I'm sure that happened. Every day. No, just every day. I really do think that may have happened. Like, she was in a tiny little stone box kept outside, made of bricks for four years, and she got one meal and a little bit of water every day and she breathed out of a slat in the brick mm, all right like you don't think there was rats in there are you kidding me they she probably cut them open and bathed herself and they're being like at least i'll die beautiful she's like the she's like the uh she sounds like the 15th century romanian uh, like the hungarian version of fucking uh no wire hangers! <laughs> that woman. All right, Joel, are you ready for conspiracies? I know you're one of those guys that just loves conspiracies. If it's what I think it is, uh, I'm going to just call bullshit already, but please. Yeah, so there are some people out there that think that she didn't commit any of these crimes. And that was essentially all of it done by Thurzo. Because really, nobody saw her do any of this stuff until after her husband had died. And Thurzo had taken over the castle, had taken on the heirs, had taken... Her in as a widow. And this is why he was so quick to have her arrested and tried. Um, Basically, he was afraid that they were going to find out it was him. So he pinned it all on her. And the letters that actually had been kept 
and I believe are in a Romanian archives, I think at this point. I can't remember if it's Romanian or Hungarian. But apparently, like, all of her writing has a very sweet tone. And, like, although that she may not be, like, the kindest woman, like, they're not really the words of a murderer. Where you would see in a lot of, like, murderers' writings. You can kind of read them and be like, ugh, uh, this guy is, like, really fucked up in the head. She just seemed way more of sound mind than... Uh, you know, somebody that would just spend 20 years just drinking blood and bathing in it. Nope. And she never got to speak her defense. They completely shut her up in her trial. She never got a chance to even talk. Well, here's here's my counter argument to that. She didn't get to talk because, one, it's the 1600s. Two, she's a woman. The reason she didn't get killed immediately is because she was of nobility. That is the only reason she didn't get fucking hung that same day that it got discovered. Third, they didn't let her fucking testify because the whole point that this guy, that Georgie wanted was to get her the fuck out of the way because she is embarrassing the nobility. She is embarrassing him. He wanted, his name, his reputation, his honor, his family's uh, titles were on the line because of this. So he went into deep cover-up mode yeah he covered up that he probably had an idea that she was being you know a little unkind so so you think you think that he knew about it and you don't get 200 corpses in the basement without the guy who inherited you figuring out that there might be a couple in the basement also this behavior was not something that just started happening when she was after her first husband died this was beha- this was behaviors that had been documented maybe not to this extent but this the, the cruelty and the behaviors as such had been documented prior to her husband's death the only reason she didn't go down the rabbit hole of fucking cuckoo for cocoa puffs beforehand was probably cuz her first husband kept her in line yeah that's probably true. I'm not agreeing with this claim. I'm just simply saying that it's out there. And, like, the the other big part of it is that apparently Thurzo, like, tortured and threatened, like, household witnesses into agreeing with the claims that she did it all. Oh, yeah. That was par for the course back in the day. That was... I, I, I know that sounds incredibly unkind of me to say, but no, no. That was pretty much par for... You know, just how it fucking went back in the day. For this kind of shit. Because his family's honor was on the line. And that was all the nobility had. Their power, their money, everything meant jack shit. They knew knew well enough to know that the plebeians will not come after us. Because A, we're nobles. And B, we have our honor behind us. And if that shit gets threatened, they're fucking... No, we're cutting that shit out. Right fucking now. So you don't think there's any way this was a witch hunt? Absolutely not. Again, and the thing is, is Georgie didn't live with her. Everyone thinks Georgie didn't actually live with her. Georgie had an estate way the fuck out there. that He didn't actually live with her. He would come and spend time with her and the family. Georgie didn't actually live with her. Yeah, they. I believe they also arrested four of her housemates too. Like she was having people do this stuff. And I'm pretty sure they were all put to death, though, because they were housemaids. Oh, yeah. Yes, they were put to death right away. It's basically, they had, like, 
four people who were the fifteenth and sixteenth century bloodthirsty version of Riff Raff from uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And those were the women, and they were considered beautiful back then. Well, they were beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, if if anyone looks like Riff Raff, man, woman, <laughs> non-binary, if you look like Riff Raff, and this is just because I see myself in the fucking mirror, I know what I fucking look like, um, ew. <laughs> just, just okay, ew. Okay, just ew. All right, I think we've talked about her quite enough, so uh, are you ready to move on to our fictional villain of the day? Which we haven't announced, by the way. Would you Would you like me to give a hint? Wiener, 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 sucking her brother's cock and giving birth to his child. Wiener, 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 <laughs> taking Jamie's cock and impregnate. Wiener, 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 wiener. No. <laughs> yes. Listen, <clears throat> which would you rather have me do? That song or metal? Neither. Well, you're only get, you're getting one or the other. I don't have to get any of them. I am your god. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is that is fucking comedy gold right there. That is podcast gold. Our our fictional villain we're doing today is Cersei Lannister. HBO's Game of Thrones, based on the Song of Fire and Ice novels, created by George R. R. Martin, a show that's been nominated for four Emmys and a Golden Globe. And had the worst fucking received season finale, series finale of all time. Yeah, so the, the show actually received way more than that. She, uh, Lena Headey, who portrayed Cersei Lannister, she was nominated for the four Emmys and a Golden Globe. Just her character. All right, my bad. My bad. So, Cersei Lannister was a member of House Lannister, one of the most powerful and wealthiest houses in Westeros, which is the western continent of... Uh, of the Game of Thrones universe. Uh, she is the only daughter of Tywin and Joanna Lannister, has two siblings, uh, a twin, Jamie, and a dwarf brother, Tyrion. Uh, Tyrion's birth killed her mother, and uh, then Cersei like immediately kind of began to abuse Tyrion as a baby. So kind of some fucked up traits there, right, As a at a young age. Oh, yeah. Unusual. Just, yeah, also the brother fucking probably was another uh, simple. Well, we'll get to that. that. That doesn't happen while she's a child. You don't know that. It sort of does. Yes, I. We literally know that. We we have done research. I'll bet you have. I am. I would hate to see what your Pornhub search engine must <laughs> reveal now. Uh, the same thing yours does. That's hot. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Go on. <laughs> so, if there's three like three things that you have to know about Cersei Lannister, it's number one, she has golden blonde hair. Number two, she lusts for power. And number three, she loves her children. Those are like the three Cersei Lannister fun facts. And number four, raging alcoholic. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raging functional alcoholic. Cersei was arranged to marry Robert Baratheon after he usurped the throne. With the help of the Lannister gold and armies, like I said, they're a very powerful, very wealthy family. And they helped Robert Baratheon and the House Baratheon, like, usurp the throne, become king of the Seven Kingdoms. And basically, her hand was promised to him. Really, she didn't start sleeping with her brother, as you so eloquently put when we were... Introducing that character? When yes. we were introducing her, uh, until... No, she started sleeping with Jamie when she was 15. He had left to go to war, 
and then came back and she started sleeping with him. But when she got arranged to marry Robert, she stopped and didn't start again until Robert basically wouldn't sleep with her because he was in love with another woman. Listen, George R. R. Martin writes, a, just pens a fantastic tale. And Cersei Lannister, especially on the TV show, is an exceptionally well-written character. And... Oh, insanely, insanely powerful and deep. Exactly. But man, it is hard sometimes to read those novels. Because... The sibling fucking just gets in there and... Maybe it's just because I'm dense, but I never see it coming. It's just like, turn the page... And Jamie began to eat at the golden muff of the Lannister sister. Ah, oh, fuck me. <laughs> we were just talking about the wall five minutes ago. I want to go back to the wall. <laughs> Straight into the golden muff. <laughs> that was the fourth award that she was nominated for. <laughs> golden muff. She was nominated for four Emmys, a golden globe, and a golden muff. A Lannister always pays for debt. <laughs> Ah, oh, Jamie, hear me roar. That's that's pretty good. Golden Muff is pretty good, I gotta admit. Thank you. Why this is important is because, you know, Robert was basically drunk his entire reign as king. And he wouldn't soberly have sex with her, but he would try when he was drunk. And she ended up, you know, sleeping with Jamie the entire time that they were married, basically. And she ended up bearing three children from her brother, who all had golden hair, of course. And, uh, which was strange because, you know, the Baratheon children were all black haired. It's like he never caught on to it. He was never like, huh, that's really weird that all the children in my family have always had black hair, but my children have golden hair. But, you know, he just chalked it up to the fact that Cersei had blonde hair. No, 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 no. Let's, let's be real. He chalked it up to the fact that Cersei had blonde hair. No, let's, let's be real. (laughs) Robert drank all the time because, and I have been in this situation he knew exactly what was going on. He knew his wife was stepping out on him. And that's why he drank. And he convinced himself because he kind of realized nothing fucking matters anymore. Yeah, and he didn't really give a shit, honestly. Yeah, he didn't fuck Because he didn't love her. He didn't love her. He didn't love those kids. Fuck him. He was, he was like, fuck him. Yeah, basically. So uh, when she was younger, she met this witch. And the witch told her... Uh, at least in the book, it's kind of in the show a little bit, but mostly in the book, that her three children would die in her lifetime, uh, she would be killed by her younger brother, and she would wear the crown. And I believe only two of those things were mentioned in the show. But let's get started into why she's a villain. First big thing that you see, and that is when Robert and Cersei are visiting Winterfell, and she decides to have a nice little getaway to one of the East Castles, and start banging Jamie. And this is where Bran Stark, you know, son of Ned Stark. I'm the Three-Eyed Raven. This is before he's the Three-Eyed Raven. Yes, and now I'm the king of old Westeros. There's no way that this was written last second by people who don't have an idea on narrative arc. I'm the Three-Eyed Raven. I guess we should pre- preface the shit by saying that there are spoilers in this. So if you haven't watched... If you've been on social media, you know that this is what happened. If not, then you're not missing much. I'm the Three-Eyed Raven. This is my acting depth. I'm done. 
I've given up. I knew you were going to say that because I've seen everything. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking please, Joel, please. Go on, go on, I'm sorry. Bran is basically accidentally stumbles upon her and Jamie uh, fucking, and she convinces Jamie to push a eight-year-old boy out of the window and cripples him for life. And he has no memory of what he saw, so that helps her out a little bit. Uh, soon after, she arranges for Robert to be killed in a hunting accident, becomes queen regent when her son Joffrey, who is the worst piece of shit in the world, uh, becomes king, and he executes Ned Stark, even against her wishes. Even she was like, ah, eh, let's not kill Ned Stark. And he's like, ah, fuck you. Now there is a character for a future episode in Villains, Joffrey fucking Lannister. Well, he's not Lannister. He's Joffrey Baratheon. No, he's not. He's Joffrey Lannister. He's Joffrey Baratheon, goddammit. Mm-hmm. Okay, he never goes as Joffrey Lannister. Well, I'm just re- <laughs> I'm just I'm just writing wrongs here. Yeah, but regardless, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, fuck that kid. When he eventually dies, uh her son Tommen is crowned king, but he's kind of considered like a weakling. He's too sweet. I mean, he has a pet cat that he likes. <laughs> <laughs> he he likes cats. Clearly, he is unworthy to rule. And the cat's name was Sir Pounce. And I read this, by the way, the other day. Sir Pounce? Yes, Sir Pounce. He's a knight. He's been knighted. <laughs> but uh, I read this the other day, like, because I was like, what the fuck happened to Sir Pounce after Tommen died? And sure enough, the show writer said that Cersei had Sir Pounce killed off screen. Jesus! <laughs> Brotherfucker, husband like, murdering, what? Child <laughs> pushing out the window, and now cat killer. Oh, someone! Is... I think the cat killing like puts her at a top top of the the bowler scale. That's putting like... her at the very tippy tippy top of the bowler hat fucking scale with that one. Jesus Christ! Uh, basically, Tommen at this point is like marrying a uh, uh, Marjorie Tyrell, who is you know no nobility from another uh, powerful house. And Cersei tries to set Marjorie up with a conspiracy, but it kind of backfires on her. And uh, her regicide and incest are brought up on charges with uh, basically the Faith, who are like, you know, they're like the lawbringers of King's Landing and the, the, where she lives. She must complete this thing called the Walk of Shame, where she walks nude through the streets of King's Landing. And people throw shit at her, like literal shit. They throw shit at her, they throw food at her, etc., um, and then she's confined to the Red Keep, which is the castle, basically. And can I just say, this part was, uh, you know, pretty big uh, written about uh, online when uh, this particular part of the TV show came up. And I will not be afraid to admit that my grasp of what women generally have to deal with on a day-to-day basis with men leering at them and cat calls and saying, you know, just the kind of shit women have to go through dealing with a bunch of horny fucktards. It, I was kind of limited in my understanding of it. But then if you go online, you can see some asshole was recording from a window of them shooting the scene. And she is a, a serious and dedicated actor attempting to do this scene where she is literally walking down a street naked and this asshole is in the top fucking uh, window with a little handheld camera being just yelling. I think it was in Italian or something. The extent of, yeah, shake that ass, baby. Shake it. Oh, show me your tits. 
And I know this has nothing to do with Cersei Lannister, but don't be a fucknut like that. Every time we talk about Cersei Lannister, me and my friends, I always think of this. And it always makes me realize, like, one, I don't know the first fucking thing that women have to go through. And two, don't be a fucknut like that. This is Joel's soapbox. Don't be a fucknut. But also, didn't uh, at the beginning of this podcast, did I not say that women are better than men? Have I convinced you yet? No, you haven't. It, it's coming from you. You won't convince me of a fucking thing. So, okay, let's just pretend it's not me saying it. I, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> After the walk of shame, uh, she wants to get even at this point. So she's like... And does she fucking ever? Yeah, so this was one of the craziest parts of the story for me is basically King's Landing is sitting on top of this entire... I'm trying to think of the word here. A giant cache of napalm on crack called wildfire exactly and this was used by the previous king before robert the mad king uh, he wanted to use it to completely blow up the entire city essentially and she orders that wildfire be set off under the sept where the faith were i believe they're called the high sparrows in the show and when she does this she blows up the tyrells she blows up the sparrows and tons of innocent bystanders and pretty much Anyone that you've seen in the show or read in the book that was her political enemy, everybody was fucking there. And everybody, she, let's give her credit where credit is due. That was a masterful stroke of villainy. Take them all out at once while she's standing on a balcony, sipping some wine, surrounded by zombie giant monster knights. Yeah, she just witnessed this massacre and basically smiled about it. Unfortunately, because her son Tommen was, uh, I don't know if he was married to Marjorie at this point. He was. Or he was married to her. He witnesses this as well from his balcony, and he decides to kill himself. And when he does, Cersei then becomes queen. And really not, not super important to her story, but her daughter, who she had, also had been murdered in kind of like a, not off screen, but in kind of a separate story where she went to visit another land and she was poisoned um and was returned essentially dead so at this point cersei has lost all of her children and committed uh genocide basically because hundreds of people were killed in this in this explosion uh she's murdered a king she's committed regicide because she she helped murder the king she pushed a boy out the window she has sex with her brother and her cousin <laughs> and her cousin Lancel. and yep. her cousin Lancel. yep when Jamie wasn't in town, Lancel worked that shit. But it's okay because she told him not to to blow his load into her. Okay. In a much more old medieval. I never want to hear you say that ever <laughs> again. Any chance of an erection has been destroyed by all the conversation of incest. And now you using that phrase <laughs> has made my penis retract so far inside of me. I have a fogina. A phoner. <laughs> I have a phoner. Yes. F-A-U-X-N-E-R. Okay. God damn it, Steven. That fucking mental image. You, you say it. Blow, don't blow your load in me. <laughs> At this point, there's a bunch of shit going down. There's the army of the dead is approaching. Uh, basically, Jamie's like, okay, yeah, we're like brother and sister, and we're banging, and we're in love, but also, like, the army of the dead's coming. They're coming to Winterfell. We need your help. And she's like, nah. <laughs> so 
they're kind of estranged at this point. He leaves. Then, you know, all the shit goes down at Winterfell. Army of the Dead is defeated. Uh, Jamie comes back to try and get her to give up because King's Landing is now under attack. And she is not interested in giving up. The, the city gives up, but she is not interested in giving up. And Jamie finally gets to her and she they try to escape. Uh, when one of the characters, Daenerys, attacks the castle... Jamie and Cersei are covered in rubble and killed. What an incredibly pathetic, worthless ending to seven years of character development. We're not going to get on a high horse about about Game of Thrones and what we think about it and what we don't think about it. All I'm going to say is let's just hope that the book ending is written better than the, the, the show ending. Oh, please, that motherfucker's going to eat a, his 37th hoagie in a 24-hour period and fucking have a heart attack, and we're never... He's never going to finish those books. Well, maybe Brandon Sanderson will finish them for him like he does everything else. I don't even know who that is. He's the guy who uh, who finished the Wheel of Time series when Robert Jordan died. Oh, okay. He's like the fucking Grim Reaper, man. <laughs> I've never read the Wheel of Time, so... Uh, well, it's a really big fantasy series, so it'll have its day. Okay, go on. Yeah, so... At this point, you know, Cersei's dead. Tyrion, her brother, is left alive, and he finds both his brother and sister dead. An unfitting end to such a, a an evil person. But as I said earlier, like, still kind of inspiring and powerful. I mean, obviously powerful. Number one, who cares about her kids so much to the point where, like, she won't give up. Because she's pregnant at this point, remember? Uh, we didn't mention that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, please, go on. Go on. No, I, I want to hear how the, the brother fucker is inspiring <laughs> to you. Please. No, no, seriously. Tell me about the person who takes their brother's penis and semen regularly. Okay, I will. Is inspiring to you. Go on, Al- Go on there, Alabama Stephen. I will, because you don't get that many powerful women in, especially fantasy series. Regardless of whether they're villains or heroes, you just don't get it. And you can argue with me, but I'm like, I'm not wrong here. All right, I'll give you that one, but there's nothing inspiring about the woman. She is a deplorable character. Well, she's terrible, but... If she... Yeah, there's... Uh, you can't say that someone... She's focused? Focused. You know who else was focused? Bundy was focused. <laughs> Lady Bathroy was fucking focused. You don't say that she's fucking inspiring. I would wager. I would I would be very careful with your next choice of words because I could see you walking into a fucking verbal landmine field here. I would wager, and I want our listeners to respond, I would wager that there are listeners of ours that uh, think that Cersei Lannister is an inspiring character. If it inspires you on things not to do, okay, then you know what? You've got a point. She's inspiring. Okay. So, you're, so we're making a verbal bet here, basically. Yeah. That, so you think that this is not going to happen? You don't think anybody's going to respond? No, no. I'm fairly confident that we have very contrarian listeners who are just going to agree with you just to watch my... Just so they can catch my voice cracking from rage. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So now it's now our listeners are biased. Okay. Mm-hmm, yeah, all right. Listen, I know, I know almost everyone on our listener feedback today. Heck, some of them are even family. So you know what? I know exactly how they're going to carry themselves. Just <laughs> fuck with me. Well, that's fine. But like, all I'm saying is that in pop culture, in books, in movies, in shows, etc., you don't have very strong, powerful, independent, focused women 
And I'm sorry, but like, yeah, she's evil, but Cersei Lannister, Cersei Lannister is all of those things. She does not take shit from anybody. She does not back down from anybody. Confident. These are traits that, yeah, she use them, uses them in the wrong way, but regardless, she has these traits. Therefore, it makes her an inspiring character. I'm not saying that you're inspired to be like her. I'm saying that she's inspiring. No, because see, and this is where you and I are going to have to disagree with this particular type of character because she is the type of character, the same type of character that is written about, especially with women who have power. They are sexual deviants who use their power for whatever they want. And whenever their feelings get hurt, people fucking die. That's what women have been, women, especially in fantasy novels, have been written as. And this is kind of just change. This is just the same fucking thing. Only the only difference is you got a fantastic actress named Lena Headley who managed to sell that she might be okay. But the literary version of uh, Cersei Lannister is just the same old, same old of women with power in in fantasy literature. And that's fine. I haven't read all of the books. I've only read the first two books, so I can't agree or disagree with you there. And I will say that I feel like there was a bit of a character change in the last season of Game of Thrones to, to her character, like kind of becoming that overly emotional response. I mean, so the first one, in my opinion, Attack on the Sept made sense because she was essentially wronged and, and she was getting revenge. It wasn't necessarily a, oh, you hurt my feelings, I'm going to overreact. It was a, humiliated me, so I'm going to fucking murder you because I'm a crazy person. It wasn't an emotional response, you know, as like as you're talking about right now. But in the last episode, or in the last season, it was, I kind of felt like her responses were more emotional. Which kind of, it's a whole an- another thing that we could talk about that we're not going to. <laughs> so welcome to our new podcast Stephen and joel talk literature about female characters being two cis white males <laughs> right exactly all right so let's move on to the bowler hat scale and i don't know that we're going to have a whole lot of difference here because lady bathroid gets a fucking 10 sir late lady fucking bathroid gets a 10 for me that bit that and you know what i don't care what people georgie thurzo gets a 10 i want to say georgie <laughs> and i'm gonna say this that bitch gets a 10 now, that word might offend some people, but you know what? 600 bodies in the basement, she deserves to be called a bitch. That bitch gets a 10. <laughs> that blood-drinking, blood-bathing bitch gets a 10. If she did it. She did it. <laughs> she fucking did it. Don't, don't. God damn it. That little nugget's going to be prying in your brain all night. <laughs> oh, it's going to get on. I just... I am going to about to fall asleep and all i can think of is you trying to perpetuate that fucking stupid conspiracy theory all right so cersei lannister what does she get she gets a nine a nine okay why why not a ten why not a ten that's a good question mainly she just didn't murder 600 people with her own fucking bare hands (laughs) she blew up a bomb yes that makes her evil but you know what there's just something to be said about someone who take 600 lives with her own hands with her own two hands she robs 600 people of their life yeah so my defense of cersei lannister not getting a 10 would be the fact that like maybe we have differing differing opinions about this but uh losing three children is enough to basically cause mental no i'm gonna i'm gonna disagree with you no i mean that's fine but it's been proven that grief can 
change the entire chemical balance of your brain forever. Oh, no, no, no. I completely agree with you there. I just don't think that had anything to do with it. I think that she was mentally unbalanced in the first place. No, sure. I, I, and I agree with that. No, fuck that. Fuck that. No, she don't, she don't get to use any form of mental instability. She fucking... No, fuck that. She's an evil bitch. I agree with you. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying that... Oh, I thought you were. I'm just so used to you arguing with I, me. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. <laughs> was... I'm saying that she was mentally unstable to begin with. However, after losing three children, which literally is the most important thing in the world to her, she's even more unstable. Like, at that point, there's no going back, ever, from anything. She's lost her... Yeah, she's lost her kid. She lost her dad. She's lost her brother's dick. It's just... Everywhere. Well, I mean, by the end of the by the end of the story, she basically had lost her brother. Like she, they were estranged. Like they didn't want anything to do with each other. I know. I was just saying. You just added dick in there to be exactly. Listen, to say you did it to be cool. Edgy fucking nineties humor. That's what I am. So Lady Bathory gets a ten. Totally unredeemable. Yeah. And uh, Cersei Lannister gets a nine. Totally unredeemable. Just a hint of. Just a hint, uh, just the the barest of embers of uh, of a mental illness of 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 possible like just basically yeah no she's unredeemable yeah I mean if we got to throw mental illness in there like Lady Bathory is like the same way though no we're, that, that that's the scale is just way too too bigger it's way too much more for Lady Bathory so yeah it, it offsets it yeah sorry 600 fucking people with their bare hands <laughs> all right shall we get to the listener feedback absolutely all right so uh the first one is from tristan he said am i the only one that pictures joel dressing in period costumes to get into character while recording the podcasts i feel that is what we all picture with the accents <laughs> i don't picture that i don't picture that at all because i see it and it's that's not how it is it's mainly Joel sitting there with a smug fucking look on his face and me shaking my head in just disappointment that I even know him. So, basically, we're dating. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> awesome. Just like most, most of the times I'm dating, I'm not getting laid. So, <laughs> hey, man. Awesome. This is the longest relationship I've been in for a while now. <laughs> we've known each other. We've been in this apparent relationship for so long. It lasted longer than my fucking marriage. Nice. When if you go back to when you'd guess on NPM, I mean we've really been in a relationship for years. Hot damn. <laughs> You're so smiley. You're so happy about that. I am. <laughs> yeah, someone fucking loves me. Our next piece of listener feedback comes from Miss Elisa, which she says, Amazing episode, guys. Also, yes, fuck iTunes. Hashtag team Spotify. Thank you for bringing fun and interesting content to your public, except Fleshlight sharing. I don't think anyone asked for that. No one asks for that. It just happens, and we all enjoy it. Oh, so much. Lisa, how you doing, girl? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, that joke I just made went on with five minutes, ten minutes earlier with the rant about, don't be a fuck nut around women! And I literally just went... Hey, how you doing, girl? <laughs> yeah, okay, listen, I get the inherent hypocrisy, folks. I'm working on it. <laughs> Stop, number one. Uh, number two, <laughs> I don't. I think she might be right. <laughs> this piece is from Ben. Uh, talking about El Chapo, he said, For a drug kingpin, he had some well-planned ways of distribution. And that was in response to a picture of uh, a narco sub that I posted on our Facebook. I kind of got a mental image of... 
I don't know, like the Red October <laughs> for his subs for a guy who has like billions upon billions of dollars. But then I saw a picture of El Chapo's sub and I was like, that is the jankiest looking thing I have ever seen in my life. So you kind of thought, I thought it was, it was going like... to have Sean Connery cap being the captain of it, you know. That's fair. That's fair. That's kind of, just given how much money he had. All right. And our next piece is from Surly Camera on Instagram. He goes, I, okay, I'm fished in. I'll be listening to this one. Yeah. And that was in response to the uh, Elmer McCurdy podcast. And I just want to go on record and say, hey, cuz. How you doing? Glad you're finally listening. Oh, is that your cousin? Finally. Eight episodes in. <laughs> Thanks. Well, then he has to go back and listen to one through seven. <laughs> Get to hear the guy he grew up around being more of an ass. This time, it's on. It's There's evidence. Right, right. Well, I'm in full agreement with him, so. Thanks. Interweb high five, Surly Cam. Thanks. <laughs> no, not you, Joel. Him. <laughs> <laughs> Today on our Twitter account, we got followed by Mark fucking Tufo, author of the Zombie Fallout series. Folks, listen, I don't often give out free ads. Okay, I do for coffee, but I don't usually give out free ads. But go on Amazon, look up the Zombie Fallout series. He just released book 12 in it. If you want insane... Holy shit, what the fuckery am I listening, am I reading kind of storytelling? Zombies, uh, vampires, gods, time travel, alternate versions of reality, and a dog that may or may not be completely sentient and on its own, of a, a, a brilliance IQ, you need to check out the, the Zombie Fallout series. And Mark... That sounds like a lot. Mark... But I'm in it. Oh, it's it's so good. And Mark, I really appreciate you uh, following us, and I hope you're listening. And understand that I would be totally willing to have my name and likeness die in the next novel. In a particularly brutal way. And I'd be willing to have his realness die before the next episode. Thank you so much. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Alright, so uh, my last piece of feedback is from Phil. Even though you badmouthed him earlier in the episode, I just want to say that he's been listening to every episode and he said that his favorite episode so far is the Elmer McCurdy Skeletor podcast. He is going to be thoroughly disappointed by this one. Hey, I mean, to be fair though, like, your mission in life is to disappoint Phil Collins, so... And you'll be in my heart No matter what they say <laughs> all right let's wrap this up uh all right we should we should you, you we should wrap it up because right now i can feel it coming in the air tonight oh no all right so that about uh wraps things up for episode nine of the curly mustache podcast uh once again we appreciate you guys listening to us we appreciate all the feedback that we're getting we have a lot more but we're gonna kind of keep it to around four or five per episode um, but we will share your feedback on the air. So thanks again for checking us out on Facebook, checking us out on Instagram at the Curly Mustache Podcast. We're on Twitter as well at the Curly Mustache Podcast. You know, there's a lot of content that I'll post on those social media platforms that you don't get from the episodes. So usually there's like pictures that have to do with things that we talk about. So keep your eye on those uh, social media platforms because there's a lot of stuff uh, that you can kind of you know, put a face to a name type of... And uh, just so you folks know, if you want to contact me, you can contact me on Twitter, at Fuel Neve. 
F-U-E-L-N-E-V-E on Twitter. I accept any and all DMs. And I just want to say, feedback is important. We really, really do appreciate any and all feedback. And sometimes we won't say the feedback we get if you don't want us to. But we want you to know that we do hear what you're saying. And we do appreciate anything that you say, even if it's uh could be considered a critiquing and we do take it under advisement and we will learn and take it uh, to heart and attempt to be better and grow so i just want to make sure everyone knew that even if it's joel not knowing what the fuck is going on at the beginning of the podcast you see next time i do that he'll know better go to hell and he'll be able to jump right in because we've only been podcasting for nine fucking episodes i changed it up on a I changed it up on him a little bit and here we are. Go to hell. <laughs> All right. If you want to check out some other podcasts from uh, United Cypher, you can check out Motion Picture Meltdown or Music Video Countdown. If you want to check out some old podcasts that we have, you can check out Talks Over Games. You can check out the Anime Alphabet or, or you can check out the Fallout Forecast. Listen to a few podcasts from friends of ours. Uh, you can check out The Whiskey Reel, Nerdonomy, Code Yellow, A Scare Actors Podcast, Sean vs. Wild, or Sorry to Waste Your Time. With that being said, I'm Steven. I'm Joel. And stay evil. <laughs> <laughs>